At the end of civilization, humanity struggles to survive. Will they also succeed in keeping their humanity alive? Fleeing across a landscape of death, survivors will gather. Some will know each other and some will be strangers, but together they must find some sense of family or they will assuredly find ruin alone. A world of perpetual grays where staying alive eclipses all notions of morality. Or does it? Can people keep looking into the abyss and learn to ignore its baleful gaze back? Can hope for normalcy be retained or is death just the order of the day? Will humanity rebuild or simply become the monsters they fight until monsters are all that's left? At the end of civilization, will humanity be able to live for a brighter future, or will they only learn to fear the walking dead? Hi, welcome to your Fear the Walking Dead cast, covering Season 7, Episode 13 this week, and just me and Mr. Mike Zumo here tonight. Yep, again. We got Sarah Tonin's off doing the, the green beer thing or, or something St. Patrick's Eve related, which is the day we're recording on. Uh, so, happy Irish and all that to you. Uh, yes. If, if that's your thing. Um, I'm German Dutch. I really don't give a fuck. And no offense, uh, you Irish folks, but <laughs> I've had had my uh, had my uh, past with uh, you know observing your holiday and all, and all I ever really got out of it was a lot of hangovers. So I'm yeah. done with that. Uh, so just another Friday for me. Um, anyway, let's dive in here. I suppose the episode is called "Bury Me Here," which you know. Uh, Spoilers. Um, I do have to say, I, I'm going to give Scott Gimple uh, props uh, on the rare occasion tonight, and that uh, I was griping earlier about the the press release they made. That's like, you know, people will die in the season finale, and I'm like, ah, oh, well, you jackass! There, you've just told people. Yeah, well, if you skip if you skip these episodes, you wouldn't have seen the people who died in this one. Right. Yeah. So you know, I got it. Which you know, still might have been stupid marketing, but I, but I kind of see what he maybe did there, and you know, a little misdirect, and be like, oh, you think you're safe till the finale, huh? Well, uh, not that the, the 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 people we may or may not have allegedly lost in this episode were any huge surprises to anyone, but uh, um, yeah, uh, we got a two for one sale. Uh, as the uh, you know the the title kind of gives it away, somebody is being buried somewhere in this episode. Yeah. So beware! We had a two for one sale, and we didn't even have an apocalypse, Mark. <laughs> no, but we have a fine produce section. We do. Um, <laughs> well, not for long. No, 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 not anymore. There'll be weevils here. <laughs> the episode opens with a mysterious scene of Jerry and the other. I really don't even know the point in this, uh, you know, foreshadowing thing or you know, flash forward. Um, I, I hate, I hate that plot device. It just, I, I really do. It was it just fell out of place this week. Um, I didn't even notice it was a flash forward until halfway through the episode. Well, right. I, I thought it was. You know, I was totally off base. But it's a mysterious scene of Jerry and other various kingdomers rigging a big ass truck to carry one cantaloupe. Or all we really see is them holding up this like you know thing with bungee cords and a little crate in the middle of this big ass truck and there's yeah, and how many people does it take to strap in a cantaloupe apparently yeah that's going to be a new the new running joke in, in the walking dead universe how many how many nights does it take to deliver one cantaloupe <laughs> 
Um, but I honestly thought that like they were rigging up a trap or something. I'm like, all right, this is this is the one. This is where they're gonna like sabotage. You know, fucking cantaloupe bombs are gonna go off or something when the saviors pick this one up. Right. Which I thought have been a really cool way to go. Um, and and maybe they did. We'll get to that. But yeah, we roll credits right after that. It's like it would have been a suicide bomb. It, yes, <laughs> um, and it kind of was in a roundabout way. Yeah. Uh, as we'll get to, but yeah, roll credits. It was only like literally like fifteen seconds, and then and they go into credits. They usually give us a little, you know, it's usually about a five minute thing before we, we get. Yeah, to no, it was quick. This, yeah. Commercials were very front loaded this week. Oh yeah, that, it was painfully front loaded. It was just break after break after break, um, which you know, I worked so it wasn't so bad. It was just very frequent, but at least it wasn't like kind of the tennis match thing between different storylines that they, they do to us sometimes. Right. But uh, Back from the break, we hear a uh, whimpering and it's Carol waking up from having a bad dream. And then she's smoking and bad Carol. And I just had a thought, wouldn't every freaking, st- I know people could grow their own and roll their own, but wouldn't pretty much every store-bought cigarette in the world pretty much be gone by now? I mean, you would think I'm a smoker. I can I can put them away, and I don't think the the, the apocalypse tobacco supply would last very long if I if people like me were in it. Uh, it would be, you know, that would be some valuable commerce right there. Having, yeah, it would. having nicotine, but yeah, I guess we can assume that the 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 this, the Kingdom Garden has a. Uh, has their little tobacco crop, and, and Ezekiel sends little care packages of, of t- cigarettes to Carol every now and then. Just reality nitpick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so anyway, um, she's very upset and had some kind of bad dream, and, and we flash to uh, Morgan training Ben's younger brother, and, and Morgan gives him a little pacifism lesson. So you shouldn't want to beat up your brother. You should want to be like him. Uh Carol is geared up and headed out for a stroll and she's headed to the kingdom helps them clean up some walkers out front with uh, amazing street sign slaying uh, skills yes I would actually say she did their job for them mm-hmm. yeah and, and ben, ben took it to heart he, you know, he's like yeah we had that handled you know we were just about to come out and clean those up and she's kind of like yeah okay. well, they were they were in that was an impressive use of a street sign. Yeah, that was pretty neat. Uh, they, they never failed to innovate on the uh, the zombie kills. That's the one strong point of their show. The zombies are getting awful squishy these days. Some are, some aren't. Yeah, uh, whatever the the situation you know calls for when they're stuck in a, a person's windshield and they're all squishy. And uh, you know when we need Eugene to come up with a, a innovative way to keep them together, they're squishy, but. There's still fresh people dying, too, so there's right. got to be some fresher zombies out there as well. But uh, she goes to see Morgan and asks for the truth about what went down to the saviors, and he's pretty much like, yeah, my name is Paul, and this between y'all, and by y'all, he means you need to go talk to Daryl about this. Uh, I kept your secret, I did my part, and I am not spilling these beans. But he he does ask her if she wanted to, uh, you know, if she wants to go to Alexandria to find out, and he'll go with her. But she just walks off. Yes, covered in blood, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's 
whenever Carol <laughs> leaves the house, I think she probably gets covered in right. blood one way or another. Uh, she's stuck by Ben, who's kind of like, I want to learn to kill like you do. Uh, but she refuses and, and sends him uh, on his supply drop uh, to the saviors with the rest of the kingdom. Good call there, Carol. Uh, Richard is digging something. and uh, and Well, I wonder if he wasn't there, if the saviors would have asked questions. Hmm. I don't think he was. I mean, they they told Gavin told Ezekiel that Richard had to keep showing up, which is kind right. of the basis of everything in this mess. But uh, yeah, who knows? But uh, fate um, needed Ben at that that particular supply drop. Right, he had to go for reasons of plot. Yes. Uh, so uh, Richard is digging something uh, very mysterious. We see his daughter's backpack. I believe it it was with Katie on it. And yeah, I I missed a lot of this stuff the first time through. Yeah, I did too. I but, but on the re on the rewatch, I started catching everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, the shopping carts, the bag. Yeah, yeah, the shopping carts were neat. Um, yeah, I really didn't even. I, I kind of completely missed. I don't know if I took a piss or something or what happened, but I actually kind of completely missed the scene of him uh, digging in, in the beginning there. So I, I didn't realize that he was the one that literally dug his own grave. Uh, first time around. Oops, spoilers. Uh, <laughs> we hope they've seen it other than Dave Pascarella. Yeah. Uh, the, the king is surveying uh, the cantaloupe gathering, and uh, one of his subjects comes up to talk, but not too close because she was hanging out. Jill? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah, yeah. Uh, although I'm a cat person now, so I might give it a shot. Uh, as, as long as, uh, you know, Ezekiel promised to find me a nice artificial limb if anything went wrong. Uh, she has bad news about weevils in the garden. She gives us some nice metaphors and then pisses herself because Kitty growled in her direction. Uh, she probably didn't really piss herself, but she said she might have. Ben comes to get Morgan and thanks him for a book uh, that he gave him, and he's uh, brought Morgan a present to a cheesy restaurant picture of, like, no bull, I think it was supposed to represent. And uh, Bill also talked to our Bill. Uh, ben... Also talks about a, a girl that he likes. Aw, oh, you're fucked, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> we ne- know never, never be happy on TV. No, we, we pretty much have known that Ben's fucked since day one, and he was like, oh, new moral center. He's done. Uh, the knights are loading up the trucks, and Richard talks poor Morgan's ear off, giving us kind of the story of his family, and, and Richard's like, I think you're wrong about the whole Gandhi thing, Morgan. You're going to have to kill eventually, so don't beat yourself up about it when it happens. And, oh, by the way, before that, Ezekiel's looking over the over the railing there. Mm-hmm. There are 12 cantaloupes in that wheelbarrow. Right. Yes. Yes. The very important kids that they're loading up 12 cantaloupes. Um, yeah. So uh, Richard also fucked in a little foreshadowing there. You're going to have to kill again, Morgan. Hint, hint. Wink, wink. Nod, nod. Get, wonder who that's going to end up being. Jerry's told to leave the cobbler and come on, but uh, he's like, "What?" And Ezekiel knows he's not coming without the cobbler, so he gives it. You know, he, he gives that you know that Jerry face. Yeah, it's like, "What, boss? <laughs> leave the cobbler." One does not tell Jerry to leave the cobbler. <laughs> Never. <laughs> yeah, on the way to the delivery, thing and goes. he was eating it with his face. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
uh, on the way to the delivery, they they find all the missing uh, Walmart shopping carts ever. And it's, it's, I think they were Walmart. They were the right color, gray yeah, and blue. That's uh, making a roadblock. And it, that's probably what happens to them. It's been staff from the Walking Dead show just going around and collecting them from various Walmarts around the, the country. And you're like, we're going to need these as props eventually. They won't miss a couple. Um, so they kind of make it makes probably the world's shittiest roadblock, really. You can just kind of roll them out of the way if you need to, but everyone goes into tactical threat mode and they look around and, and Richard's being all soldiery and, uh, and they come to a freshly dug grave that says, Couldn't they have just run over those carts with the, with the truck? Pretty much, but we need to find the grave inexplicably. I didn't really know what the point was and that's just like hey this is where you guys could bury me if anything should go wrong today you know I don't know but yeah they come to a freshly dug, dug grave that says bury me here and the king waxes poetical for a minute and Ben waxes hopeful you're fucked Ben uh, the savior meeting Jerry speaks up for the king and asshole savior hits him and, and that should be enough to declare war right there they hurt our precious cherry. Uh, but it's like kicking the family dog. I, I know. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Gavin's like, uh, we're getting kind of sick of the whole Renfair thing there, King. Um, you know, he says he wants their guns, too. Give them up or use them, he says. And, and Richard says they should give them up. Uh, but the, the king tries to haggle for Morgan's stick, but Gavin isn't having it. So, of course, they give up the weapons. Uh, but things continue to go south as there is a cantaloupe missing and retribution must be paid. Uh, so he gives, uh, asshole long hair savior, whose name I w- refuse to even bother to learn, uh, to go ahead and, but it's the guy that's been fucking Not with Jesus. Rich- Not Jesus. Uh, <laughs> he's the same guy that's been fucking with Richard for many episodes now. Yeah, whole season. Yeah. Uh, kind of gives him basically the go-ahead to kill somebody. He points the gun at uh, Richard, who is resigned to his fate, and just says, you know, do it. You get it over with. And instead, asshole savior shoots someone else, and they make us wait a whole commercial break to show us that it's Ben. Like, we couldn't have figured that one out. And he's been shot in the leg, but he's he's in pretty bad shape. So they was he shot? Was he shot in the leg? Yeah, like femoral artery. So that's why he was. Okay, that's why he bled out. Yeah. Uh, so they load him up and rush him to Carol's poor doomed Ben. You just had to go be the moral center and Morgan's surrogate son. You a target on you from the fucking start, dude. Uh, so not be- not before yelling out. We we left medical supplies at Carol's right in front of the savior. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I noticed that. It's like, oh well, just should give her a fucking post office box while you're at it too, Ben. Well done. Morgan pretty much loses it and walks out, and he starts having psychotic, uh, well, because uh, Ben dies, um, he, and he loses it, walks out, having psychotic, uh, clear flashbacks. Yeah, this sends him right back to season three. Yeah, nice little montage of, of Morgan madness. And he, he kicks a box, which, which coincidentally enough has the smoking lost cantaloupe in it, uh, and he realizes that Richard took the melon to intentionally start shit, and he confronts him. And thank God we had that box to move the plot along for us. Um, if he kicked anything else out there in, in town, we never would have gotten to the end of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> he thought the saviors would kill him, Richard. And, you would uh, think Richard would have hit that watermelon, but that cantaloupe better. Right, yeah. Uh, 
he thought the Sabres would kill him anyways, Richard, uh, and that it would drive to Ezekiel to war. So he was going to sacrifice himself. But now he's kind of like, hey, same result, eggs and omelets and all that stuff. And, and we finally get the full backstory of his trip through the apocalypse and, and the death of his family. And it was a bit of a rough ride, as, as everyone's had. And he tells Morgan that they need to do something to make the Saviors believe they are on the same page. Uh, so now Sir Dick thinks that he's going to lead the glorious army of the kingdom against the Saviors. And he also tells Morgan once again that he's going to have to kill someone. And I think we all see where this is going at this point. Be careful what you wish for, Richard. <laughs> And Morgan is stoic and just kind of taking it all in and, and memorizing his speech for later use. Um, <laughs> and we get a shot of Morgan in anguish thought uh, montage when we get to the scene in the beginning uh, with him loading up a big-ass truck with one cantaloupe. I've seen a couple other reviewers point this out. It's like, what the fuck are they using? One, well, you know, take a sedan that uses a little more less gas. Yeah, well, last time they brought a hatchback. <laughs> yeah, they, they brought a hatchback last time. I know, and to, and they need this big flatbed truck to to transport friggin' twelve cantaloupes, you know, and then one gas cantaloupe. mileage, guys. Right? Seriously, it's like. Yeah. Have someone deliver it on a bicycle and carry it in a fucking backpack or something. What are you guys doing? There's <laughs> gas just coming out of the fucking ground in the apocalypse, I guess. Um, so anywhere, anyway, uh, yeah, Morgan asked Sir Dick if, if he told them about the whole I just got Ben murdered thing, and he's like, oh, it slipped my mind somehow. Now's not the time or place. And the saviors arrive, and, and Gavin seems kind of genuinely upset that Ben died and he sends the asshole who shot him home you know with his tail between his legs and they collect their one cantaloupe and, and Morgan goes all snappy and beats Richard down with his staff and then proceeds to choke him to death quite graphically and, was, and uh, bangs his head on the pavement for good measure yeah bangs his melon on the pavement that was appropriate I, I thought they were just going to have him, you know, what a missed opportunity to break the melon on the pavement. That would have been a nice tie together. Just position there, director. Come on. Uh, everyone's a little too freaked out to move, of course. Yeah, Morgan then explains, uh, which he probably might have wanted to do first, his sudden murdery outburst. Uh, he, he explains Richard's plan to make the saviors uh, think everything is okay, has worked. Um Oh, Richard's plan has worked, but not exactly the way he planned. And and Morgan literally kind of does. Oh, he still wound up. He still wound up dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's but you know he's dead plus one now. So, uh, but Morgan used, basically uses his exact same speech to the Savers to be like, "All right, look, we made the sacrifice. You know, we made two. We're good. We realized the rules. We're back on track." Uh, I don't know if Morgan's actually thinking of. No, I don't think that's what Morgan's saying here. No, no, I think he's really just wants to go back to everything peaceful and we'll do what we got to do. No, I don't think that either. No? The words he, the way he says it, we get it. We understand what we have to do. Mm, true. That, yeah. that can mean, I don't think he and Gavin are having the same conversation. Yeah. Well, it, given what he does right after that, that would, that would play out. That would make sense. And then when he says, what, you know, have everything in one week he says not yes we understand yeah yeah so i don't think his they're talking about the same thing i think at that moment 
Morgan is realizing they have to go to war with the saviors. That's what he gets and understands. See, I think maybe that's why they did the cantaloupe thing as an intentional misdirection, you know, in the beginning, because we, because I was kind of thinking, you know, that that's what would happen by the end of this episode, that they would somehow do an IED melon attack on the saviors or something somewhere down the line and start the war off. But I forget that we have to milk it for a couple more episodes first. <laughs> well, we've only got three left. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, that's a good catch because he does kind of, you know, decide to go on a little crusade himself. But And also he, he calls Ben Dwayne for a second, so he's obviously still in his head. And, and as he said, you know, oh, Morgan's got a surrogate son. That kid's freaking done. Uh, Dwayne the second. And right, that's kind of how I read that, that Dwayne lost his second son now. Yeah. Or Morgan, yeah. Morgan, yeah. Yeah. And he he drags Richard to the grave that he dug for himself and, and dumps him there along with Katie's backpack. <laughs> so he, he goes on a stress-reducing uh, zombie kill rampage and eventually shows up at uh, Carol's house and he tells her, Hey, hey uh, so, uh, so I'm killing again. Um, just killed this Richard guy. And he, You know, I wonder if in the zombie apocalypse, that's a, co- a course you could take at the YMCA. <laughs> yeah, zombie killing. Yeah, well, that's that's the one that Carol should teach, you know. And if only she decided to train young Ben. That's all I'm saying. He might not have been there that day, but he he dumps the whole truth on her about Glenn and Abraham and the whole mess there. Finally, and and she's noticeably upset, of course. And he goes storming off or tries to, and he's like, oh, I'm pretty much just going to walk off and kill all the saviors and everything in my path. All by myself. And Carol kind of, the way I took it, was basically offers to let him take her place in the pacifist cabin. And, you know, she's like, you can go and not go. Right. And uh, so that's kind of where we leave him. Um, She's like, no, you can still, you know, do the humanity thing. Uh, You don't have to cross back over that line, even though I think he ultimately will. And, or did he just need time to get himself kind of under control? And and whittle down his, his staff a little bit. I don't right. think the last scene is really pointing to he's going to stay on the, the, the pacifism path. <laughs> well, you know, I really felt in that moment after he killed Richard mm-hmm. that Morgan is dangerous to be around people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, one could say, especially if and he's going I think back he realizes to, that. To, you know, if, until he picks up a... a a dead telephone and starts talking to Dwayne. I guess we're okay, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> yeah, he's probably on the little unstable side right now. So she heads right to the kingdom, of course, and basically tells Ezekiel, "Dude, we're fighting. You know, don't argue with me. You know, no saying it." And and Ezekiel's like, "Yes, yes, we are going to, but probably not until the eighth season." So she helps him garden. Um, <laughs> and our last scene is mortal, uh, Morgan whittling his staff to, to make it a bit more pointy for the upcoming escapades, uh, we assume. Or just, assume- you know, easier to take out zombies and having to crack that, that nog and just poke them. <laughs> Especially <laughs> they're getting squishy. So. Yeah, because we got to be running out of street signs by now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty neat, but... Uh, I got kind of like this episode, and there was many problems with it, as I did with the uh, the Michonne and Rick sexy romp last week. Uh, right. As it moved it along, and always cool to see um, Ezekiel stuff. And 
you know, I, I really think in this, in the, I don't know what the guy's name who plays Morgan. What is it, Rennie James or something like that? Probably. He, Lenny, I think. Lenny James. Lenny. Yeah. He he seems to hold it together. His acting holds it together. And and Sir Dick can act, too. Yeah. Yeah, he was really good in this. Um, yeah. You know, kind of a... <laughs> as I said, both him and Ben's deaths were fairly well telegraphed. Even as far as, you know, this show goes. But, uh, okay, baby, I love you. Oh, yeah, that was for the wrong thread. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, like, Mike, we, we, Mike, we love you too, Mike, but <laughs> I was supposed to say a secret from the rest of the group. Yeah, my girlfriend was going to bed. <laughs> it happens. Uh, <laughs> too many, too many windows on the, on the old iPhone. Facebook fail on Mr. Zumo here. You have no context of what we're talking about right now. <laughs> no. I'll probably leave it in the show just to fuck with you. Um, <laughs> I don't care. But... Yeah, I mean, we moved it along. As I said, uh, the the first scene was just weird to me. I don't really see, other than to give us that little red herring. I said, uh, I guess Gimbo can score some points that he got me that I thought it was something else entirely. But, (laughs) and it's really the only logical reason they would do that is to do the red herring thing. Because as we previously stated, why the fuck do you take a whole truck to deliver one cantaloupe? But whatever. So we got to fit everybody into the into the back. Uh, yeah, because we also need ten people to deliver one can of <laughs> or whatever is going on there. Um, I don't know why. If you've already decided your party's not going to resist the saviors, that you have to bring fifteen people with you every time. Show us strength, I guess. But now, does Gavin strike you as the lazy bureaucratic savior? Kind of, and yeah, and he you almost know, kind of said that. He's like, he you know what? I, I signed up for this job because it was supposed to be the easy gig. You know, you're right. giving me a headache here. And to- I have to do something now. Yeah, I'm, I'm supposed I to just want to take the melons and go. Yeah, and just throw you a glower every now and then if I have to. But, you know, Simon's really our glowering guy. So, right. uh, yeah, he's, he's middle management. You know, he's like just. He's, he's stuck with the uh, the kind of bullshit PR and delivery work. Right. <laughs> you know, he's the guy that stays in the same job for 20 years and retires. Right. But, you know, I, I, I got to think that's on the high end of jobs. You know, that's what, you know, even, even if you got to mess up someone every now and then, it's probably right. not a lot. You don't have to, you know, you're not one of the thugs that actually has to beat someone's brain in every now and then. So. Appreciate you know, what you got, Gavin. What the fuck, man? You know, it almost makes me wonder how much Negan really knows about the kingdom. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I kind of hope they fill in those gaps a little bit because I would kind of almost like to see the the initial. Not that I'm advocating we should do like prequel flashbacks or anything, oh. Walking Dead, but I would kind of like to know a few of the details about their first meeting and how that first worked out. I mean, is Negan the kind of boss who doesn't care how the job gets done as long as it gets done? Would you have you had a harem of wives waiting for you? Would you really have time to give a shit either? I mean, no, not as, really. as long as the supplies are coming in, and, as long as it's coming in, he doesn't appear to care. Yeah, you know, he's 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 out the pawn, man. He doesn't sweat the small stuff. Um, and just make sure he has good lieutenants, like every good gangster. Uh, but that, that always ends up going south for, for gangsters usually so I'm, I'm expecting Negan's path will take that road a little bit too <laughs> Dwight um, so we shall see but uh, yeah hey they, they, they got a good system apparently but yeah I wonder how many 
actual interactions Ezekiel's had with Negan. I, I can bet that we'll have one down the road somewhere. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, it would be a waste. Depending on, depending on where we end up in uh, episode 16. That would be a waste not to have those two actors chewing the scenery, you know, in in, in the same sh- shot together, I think. Uh, shit, that's, that's a you mean old I'm- ham dinner right there. <laughs> Negan with his uh, shtick and Ezekiel with his uh, <laughs> yeah. Renaissance Fair uh, language. Yeah, that would think, be interesting, especially yeah. if we find out they've never met before. Yeah, I mean, you think Negan would love that shit. He's obviously into the whole making people kneel for him thing, and he'd probably be like, man, I want to be like, this guy's got this shit down. This is even better than my thing. <laughs> so what do you think? Did Ezekiel lose a little faith at the end? I, you know, hard to tell. He's he's just trying to keep shit together too. But yeah, he obviously didn't stop one of his own people from, you know, nobody did from like, beating the shit out of one of his own people. He didn't. He didn't stop this guy who he's only known for a few weeks. Yeah, from killing somebody he's probably known since the beginning. Right. I was, been that, one of his key his key players. Thought there was, I mean, nobody had guns at that point, but you figured maybe some of the rest of them would have rushed. Right, just trying to pull Morgan off of them. Yeah. yeah, everybody just stands there. Especially since he didn't bother to explain himself till afterwards. Like, oh, here's why I just murdered your dude. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but you know, shock factor, I guess. Yeah, it doesn't speak very well of. Of the kingdom's army's readiness factor, I would say. No. Uh, <laughs> they all just kind of stood there. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Ezekiel gave up. I believe it was Ezekiel who yelled Morgan stop a couple times, but. Yeah. I mean, and that, I don't see why he couldn't have done that. You know, just have a little struggle, have a couple of them drag him, and then as he's struggling, he'd be like, this dude fucked us. You know, right. I'm going to do this for the team. You know, and and decide that this guy gets to sacrifice instead of letting someone like Ben go down again. Right. So, yeah, that would have been easily written, I think, a better way. Uh, but, you know, we're, we've come to expect these little lazy spells from our writers occasionally. Uh, I just didn't buy it that everybody just stands there. Yeah, no, it doesn't make any sense, really, in, in the world they've they've set up, you know, that everyone's... That these people are all supposedly very loyal to Ezekiel, and by proxy, you would think very loyal to Ezekiel's people if they don't know that there's other shit going on. So yeah, right. they, they dropped the ball there. You know, it could be said that they should have just had out the the, the standoff in this one and, and gone up guns blazing, but. You know, it almost makes you wonder how much violence these people have actually seen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they've gotten very good at killing. I think the scene in front of, you know, with Carol was was kind of supposed to drive that home, too, a little right. bit. That, you know, eh, these guys are getting used to killing walkers a lot, but they, they're they not really, they're not on a level of badass with Carol by any means. You know, they're, they're just not stone-cold total killers yet. The you know, they remind me of the way Alexandria was, the least, especially the people inside. Yeah. The way Alexandria was when Rick and company showed up. Because it was one shot of, you know, Ezekiel, when Ezekiel, after the uh, the girl pisses her pants because of the tiger, Ezekiel's looking over. You see this guy walk, just kind of walking down the road there with, with his kid in his hand, throwing him up in the air and stuff. Yeah. It's like, this guy doesn't have a clue what's outside, does he? Yeah. I, yeah, that's... 
that makes sense. That's going to be the problem with, you know, communities in this world once they start getting set up is that some people are going to end up going soft. Um, you know, and the people outside cleaning up the walkers every now and then are just, yeah, they're going to be a minority of your population. So the rest of them, even though if you're training them and shit inside the walls, they're not really, you know, going to know how that's going to play out when the shit hits the fan. I think we're going to see some of that too. I think we're going to see like, you know, the, the the army of the kingdom bravely go to war and then bullets start flying. They're like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. You know, right. <laughs> these aren't slow walkers that we can just ride up to on our horses and, and spear. You know, these are guys that are shooting back. So, well, I don't know how much of a, a time will definitely tell. Somewhere about the middle of next season, we'll, yeah. we'll find that out. Uh, I guess we're going back to Hilltop this week, or Saviors come to the, the one promo I saw is basically the Saviors probably looking for Maggie here. Or Daryl. Looking for, yeah. I mean, we're going to tear the town apart to do it. Um, so we, we, have a couple, we have a couple of dangling plot lines still out there. Mm-hmm. We have, obviously we're going to Hilltop next week. I'm thinking... The whole Oceanside. We have to go back to Oceanside to get the guns or not get the guns or one of the two. That's probably in two weeks. And then whatever. You think E16's got to bring these plot lines together. Yeah. And and probably start the war properly in, you know, one or two. I think we're already. We could already put good bets on who's going to exit the show. Probably in that, um, and I'd say either Rosita or Sasha's got to go. Well, it definitely looks like one of them is on their way next week. Next week? Well, I don't know. Well, I believe we saw a preview of. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, it's Sasha Rosita. taking a taking a shot at somebody. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, she's got Negan right in her sights. Yeah, I saw that promo too. So who knows? I don't think they'll resolve that anytime soon. Maybe they'll get captured or something, but. Uh, I guess Sasha's the most likely choice because she's got a job, but <laughs> it does still seem like they've been setting up Rosita to die just by making her an asshole. Well, you know, I'm also not convinced Star Trek Discovery is ever going to get made. It keeps getting pushed back. <laughs> yeah, I know it, right? Yeah. So, but, I mean, I'm sure they could work out the... Uh... I'm not sure I hope it gets made at this point. I don't know. <laughs> Torn on that. We could do a whole podcast on that, but... <laughs> Although I do think Star Trek is better served being on television than it. Oh, it's definitely it's by far it's a, a TV franchise. Yeah, it always has been. Star Wars is the movie one. Yeah, I hope this one remains a TV franchise. I just, I've enjoyed this half of the season. I think more than I did the last one uh, so far. They could still ruin it for me. I'm not real happy with the way some of the arcs have gone because they've been freaking predictable as hell, uh, which has always been kind of a rut this show falls into as well. Um, and just shut the fuck up, Gimple. We don't don't tell us when people are going to die. That's the whole goddamn point of the no. show. <laughs> just don't get it. I mean, it's, this is facing all of the shows. Most of the problem most TV shows get run into when they get to season seven. Yeah. Well, in this one in particular, because as we've said on this podcast before, man, there's just so many, it just ends up being the same conversation over and over again as far as the dialogue is concerned. It's like, you know, oh, God, what trouble have we got in the apocalypse today? Oh, it's pretty much the same problems as we've had the last six years. 
Um, and you got to figure out a way to make that fresh or, or right. people like us start complaining about it. <laughs> I, I mean, it just seems like this show takes too long to get where it's going. Yeah, and there's there's definitely bottom line marketing stuff behind that, but I don't I don't think they're really. Sometimes that can hurt you too, and I think this shows right on the edge of where it's starting to hurt them, as opposed to help them. Yeah, but the but the problem is they still have more. They're still getting more about ten million viewers, right? And which and, is far and away a ton better than anything. Any other AMC show is pulling in, right? And that, so as long as they keep pulling in these numbers, they're still going to get the renewals. That, that's why it, it boggles my mind that they resort to cheap tricks like that sometimes, like cliffhangers. And you know, if you already know your people are most likely coming back, man, you don't need to. That just pisses them off. You know, it's like, yeah, we were coming back anyway. You don't need to leave us hanging with who Negan killed for a year. You know. Right. I still think that was the main mistake of this this whole season, but um, and I think we could have been farther along if they had just not done that. <laughs> but eh, you know, I I do think you know it's it's a different experience watching it week to week as opposed to the way I watched the first six seasons. Yeah, me too. But I, if you were to binge this, there are probably. There's probably a lot of fat that can be cut. Yeah, yeah. And in, in a lot of shows, and it's in, in a lot of shows. But um, you know, I've been ranting on every podcast I've been lately about the the reviews that Iron Fist was getting. You know, before the show even right. completely aired, and he's got some of the same pacing problems as the other Marvel flicks. You, you have to. See, this show needs to string you along for we. You know, they they right. can't do the economy of storytelling quite as well as a, a Netflix show that gets released all at once. Right, Net- Netflix. Yeah, that's something that they just have to make you turn on the next episode. Yeah, but as you said, a lot of people have watched this show. They have to start being conscious of that too, because a lot of people do just discover these shows and do them all at once. So you kind of have to write to that as well, but, you know, they're still on a, a network TV, so, or cable TV. I mean, they're getting numbers, you know, far and away ahead of what their two most critically acclaimed shows, Mad Men and Breaking Bad, got. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Mad Men never had really more than two. Even Fear gets six. Yeah, yeah. Just... And that's probably mostly on brand recognition. Yeah, yeah, and it, that, that'll take you a ways, but... It, it won't take you forever. Um, Eventually, but, people are going to jump off, but for a cable network with this many viewers on a show, they got to be over the, over the moon with the viewership numbers. Well, all you have to do is, yeah, I mean, you just have to keep writing your people well. You can't get complacent and take those peop- the, those numbers for granted. You just have to keep providing interesting stuff for your characters to do and, and keep them consistent. Like well, I said, one of our biggest gripes on this show has been that sometimes they just write these characters that we've known for six years the just to get a plot point right you know from a to b 
they'll just write them like 180 degrees from what we've been used to. And that, that's what loses people when you, you know, make their character, not the character for a show just to get shit done. You know, there's other ways to do it and still keep the integrity of your writing, I think. And it was very hard for this first half a season to watch, basically watching the heroes get beat down for half a season. That shit is draining. It is, but it, I actually kind of like that because it makes more sense than just... I'm I'm really not a... F- Even in the books, I'm not a huge fan of how indestructible they portray, like, Rick and Michonne, and that's Rick right. and Andrea in, in the books, but... And isn't it in the books? I know, I know, I mean, I, I know some things. Isn't it Michonne and Ezekiel? Brief, yeah, yeah, for a while. Um, so does it seem like Carol is going to take that spot? Yeah, that's that's the way I feel. Especially, you know, she at the end of this, she's like, "I'm staying here now," and I'm assuming that kind of means I get a good, nice bedroom in the kingdom, right, in the <laughs> palace. You know, uh, yeah, I noticed all those Fujivans sending me. It must mean something. Richard's uh, room. Richard's room is now available. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, yeah, and Ben's, but there's another kid there. So yeah, I, that's definitely what I'm, I'm seeing. Um, yeah, and and Michonne and Rick together. That was that Andrea, who's still alive in the comics. Right. Um, they're the power couple, and they're and they literally use the same you know lines like we're the ones that survive. And I'm like yeah, yeah, but you're kind of getting boring. We'd almost rather see you not survive. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm hating on Rick and Michonne lately. I just still love Michonne, but she was one of those that, characters that I thought was a little better when she well, had, had less of a story and was just kind of a silent badass. The, the show has a unique has a problem that the comics don't actor contracts. Yeah, yeah. And eventually, you know. And ratings, you know, and they, they well, have, yeah, and they've gotten scared of you know. Oh, the books would suffer too. I'm sure if if you kill, you know, the the letters sections of of the book are just like any good comics letter sections. Like I'll quit if you do this, and you know, God damn you, and how dare you do this to my character? And, well, know. yeah, and I think this show. Like, well, yeah, but over at Image Comics, Kirkman doesn't have to worry about. Andrew Lincoln, how much it costs to keep Andrew Lincoln for nothing. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I said, I still don't see them knocking off Rick anytime soon in the comics. See, you're getting that rut, and, you know, it. there's no way to, to stay true to the concept that nobody's safe on a TV show. Because, yeah, the, you don't want to just go, f- you don't want to just knock off, you know, a main character yeah, every week and shit. These, these people also have jobs and bills, and you don't want right. to just hand out pink slips all the time. <laughs> so... Uh, so yeah, there, there's people that you, you know are going to be safe for a while. Oh, that's that's when they do pull off a little twist that goes against that. That's when I applaud them. You know, so, right. not that I'm hopefully wishing, you know, sitting around wishing for for main characters to die, but uh, in a way I am just because it it makes the the, the stakes higher and the world more real. One of the problems I think the show suffers right now is is that there are too many char- too many characters that need to be serviced. Yeah, yeah, and it's hard to service them all in sixteen episodes. Oh my! See that—that's why I'm a fan of just kind of rotating, man. It, it right. should be like you know, take the time and write the newer characters as well as you do the main characters, and then if you, if your circumstance, they get another job or the story just demands it, then you can write them off and not have a. A big gaping hole in your cast. You already have other characters to to fill the gap and that people enjoy. You know? Right. 
instead of just like arbitrarily making some characters assholes so you can eventually you know knock them off and and have no one to really fill their place right <laughs> so, I don't We're know just doing we haven't seen Carl in a while yeah yeah uh, yeah I don't know if really well, he's he's still in Alexandria right so we probably won't even see him next week yeah. um, well next week we're going yeah, to see the hilltop yeah so I mean I don't know I, as I said I'm still I'll be disappointed if I still think there should be a coup and and, and Maggie should you know, take over everything and, and make Rick a good little general, but but she should be calling the shots. Uh, well, one of the, it one of the best like, things the show did was like during the prison stuff, and that they had like a council and right. It's like the Rick Tatorship has not fucking worked well. You know, no, it through is, this, it hasn't worked from season one. No, so I don't know why they keep going back to that well, but you know, as much as Shane was an asshole about it, he was right. Yeah, yeah, he would have been probably a better Rick Tater than Rick was. Uh, but I don't know. I'm a democracy guy, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, they tried that too. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, when you get a tank driving down your <laughs> your prison <laughs> walls, then then you got to go into emergency mode, but yeah. not all the time. No. Uh, um, so, yeah, uh, hopefully we'll get a good episode next week. Uh, yeah, well, it doesn't look like things are going to go well for, what's his name, the leader of the Hilltop. Yeah, Gregory, yeah. Gregory. So maybe uh, Maggie's going to uh, take charge. And possibly. Um, hopefully. I'll make no comments related to the comics about that. We'll see where they go. Um, I don't know. I, I'd be kind of ashamed. Of, I, I like... Gregory as the asshole foil to Maggie's impending presidency, uh, in a way. So. Well, yeah, I do kind of like that too. That the the past administration uh, just sitting there being a problem. Yeah, I figure maybe well, maybe uh, what's her name there? Will uh, Carl's girlfriend? Oh, uh, knock her e- off, e- like Enid. That's it. Just somebody, some minor character is probably dying in Alexandria next week, or not in the hilltop. I'd bet. Maybe it will be Gregory. I know that would. I'll be upset, and this this makes me sound evil too. But I'll be very upset if we don't get one more at least head bashing by Lucille. What's the fucking point of having Negan and Lucille if he's not going to bash heads every now and then? That's all I'm saying. Wasted resource. The threat of the threat of a head bashing. Yeah, but the the actual. Yeah, you know when Special Morgan effects of it are so much cooler. <laughs> when Morgan is telling Carol that Negan beat in uh, Abraham and Glenn with a baseball bat, I'm thinking that was no mere baseball bat. Yeah, you can't really. It's hard to describe that scene adequately. <laughs> <laughs> a baseball bat doesn't uh, do it justice. Uh, you know, it's probably good that he didn't go into too many details. She was upset enough. Uh, <laughs> But he's like, yeah, you should have seen Glenn. His fucking eye was coming out, and he was saying Maggie, and it was horrible. well. Well, Morgan wouldn't know that he wasn't there. Well, that's right. That's right. That stuff works its way around the grapevine. I'm sure somebody would have told him that. Um, I don't know. Shall we wrap it for another week, sir? I I say we shall. Hopefully, we'll get some of our other survivors back. Yeah, yeah, one of these days. I know we'll probably be able to nail Professor Alan Middleton for the finale show. He usually joins us for those, so that'll be cool. Yeah. 
That's your Fear of the Walking Dead cast, kids. You can email us at uh, weeklyheroics at yahoo.com. And we'll be back here next week. So, bye now. Yeah. You've been listening to Fear the Walking Dead cast on the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network. <laughs>